yes, we plan to do it monthly, is I believe what we're looking at. And the good thing is we have enough participation right now where we know we can have more than one, you know, if, if the teams rotate a little bit, it can be done that way. It'll be perfect. So we're very excited about our new opportunity there. And thank you for the great food that you serve to, um, to those at the Haven. Um, thank you for those who came to the class this morning, 101. We're going to pick it up next week. We're discussing a very important issue. And I want you to know that, again, I gave you this huge packet of information. I don't expect that we're going to go through all that in detail. Um, so please don't be afraid of it. If you do pick up a packet, say, man, they're crazy. How could I, I'm giving you a lot of information, but we're talking about some very important things that we believe we are, we are working on right now that will help, help us make us stronger as a congregation. And so I'm, I appreciate the input, and I look forward to next week having another great discussion about the foundation and the future of Maplewood Christian Church. Uh, we believe the future's good. What do you think? I, I think we're doing very well in that regard. Um, now, Galatians 5, we are in a series on the fruit of the Spirit. Today, we are talking about the issue of patience. Anybody who wants to leave, <laughs> there's, there's, I'm going to turn around and <laughs> no questions will be asked if you just return them. As <laughs> um, I hope that you're finding it useful to go through the fruit of the Spirit, um, beneficial, I should say, spiritually. Last week we had a prayer of, of, of learning how to cast our burdens upon the Lord, and I, I hope that, that was beneficial to you throughout the week. And if you didn't use it throughout the week, you know, break that out from last week's outline or ask for one because there was a prayer to, to, to when we're struggling, when we're really stressed and cast that anxiety upon Christ. And that's a, obviously a very important thing to do. And when we do experience the peace of God because we are surrendering ourselves to him, one of the things that we find is that we also grow in patience. Now, most married people go through this. You married the love of your life, the dream person, the only one who's ever understood me. But then one day it happens. Either it's your first big fight or it's simply one of those revealing times when you see sides of this person you hadn't yet seen or expected and you say, oh no. I've married the wrong person. Not too many married people here would say they've not had moments like that. It may not have been that extreme or it may have been more extreme. <laughs> but we all go through that. And when you come to a new church, friendly people, relationships, great music, great preaching, and you come for a while, then you start to say, ah, this church isn't as good as I thought it was right initially. Um, yeah, the preacher seems good, but actually it's because he repeats himself a lot. <laughs> of course he says it well. He keeps saying it over and over. And he goes on forever. There's some really grumpy and gossipy people there. Um... <laughs> I don't like the way they do some of the classes and they don't sing some of the songs I like and you know how it goes, right? And you go, oh no, I'm afraid I'm at the wrong church. Let me save you the trouble. 
you are at the wrong church. Welcome to the wrong church. We are flawed. We will disappoint you. I'll try not to make that sound like my mission statement, but, you know. You're going to see things in me. You're going to see things in us. I think that was for the first part. <laughs> but you're gonna, but we're going to disappoint you, and you're going to say, I don't get how a pastor could be such a bonehead. And I don't know how those elders can overlook this, and I don't know how they... You're in the wrong church if you think you're going to be without disappointment, without hurt, without rubbing each other the wrong way. You know, iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. That's not a pleasant process. We talk about like, isn't it wonderful? Iron sharpens iron. I'm going, ouch. Stay away from me. (laughs) So we have to keep that in mind. And that's part of the church is we're meant to rub each other the wrong way so we can grow. But we run from growth. Those grouchy people in the church, they're testing my patience. I'm leaving. Brother Mike helped me realize right before this that Patience is like a muscle that has to be exercised. And how do you think God exercises our patience muscle? Well, the word for patience, patience is macrothumia, a long fuse it means, with annoying people, with challenging people. So if you want to grow in patience, this kind of patience that's the fruit of the Spirit, it means you will run into annoying people. I'm trying not to look at anybody. (laughs) But you're all looking at me. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Difficult people, challenging people, needy people, fill in the blank. Um, In fact, the Apostle Paul seems to be well aware of this. And if you were to look at your outline, Ephesians 4, 1 and 2, this is a passage that has long spoken to me about this. He writes, he says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, macrothumia, long fuse with people, bearing with one another in love. He like, he like pours gas on patience, says, put up with one another in love. What Paul's saying is, right, right at the beginning, here's how you live a life worthy of the Lord. No, you're going to need patience. Why? Because you're going to be with patience testing people. Who are the patience testing people? I think I'm looking at them. I think if you look around you, you'll see them. I think if you look in the mirror, you'll really see them. And I think maybe the greatest service today is that we look at ourselves and say, yeah, I can be patient with others because God has been so patient with me. Let's take a look at the word patience. Uh, It's a long fuse with people. Um, By the way, you know, don't pray for patience, they say, or you'll have painful trials in your life. That's the other word, hupomane. It means endurance through difficulty. But either way, it works the same. If if you pray for patience and long-suffering and circumstances, you'll have trials. If you pray for macrothumia, the fruit of the spirit, patience, that, that just means the trials will come in the form of difficult people. There's no avoiding it. We Americans like to think that If you just take a pill, I'll have an easy Christian life. I'll grow perfectly. There won't be any challenges. It won't hurt. It'll be all happy and pleasant. And I'm in right, upright, downright. 
whatever happy all the time. I can't even remember it, thankfully. I try to forget it. It's not like that. Patience is like a boiling point. Different elements have different boiling points. You know, water, 212 degrees or 100 degrees Celsius. Alcohol, 172. For all you Rachel Ray fans, 406 degrees is the boiling point for EVOO, extra virgin olive oil. Mwah. Lead, the boiling point is 3,780 degrees, so I don't boil lead all that often. But it's what it's made of that determines a substance boiling point. And patience measures what I'm made of. My boiling point tells you what's inside. And so we've got to deal with that reality. What's inside? And the Spirit's purpose is, of course, to raise our boiling point to where we don't lose our patience with people as easily and as quickly. Now look with me at 1 Thessalonians, and there's a description of patience that covers a lot of territory. This is an incredible, by the way, if you, if you're, if you haven't ever dwelt on 1 Thessalonians 4, 15, 5, 14, and 15, do it. It's an incredible passage. Listen to this. We urge you, brothers, same word as in Ephesians, I urge you, I challenge you, I call you. Warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient, macruthemia, with everyone. Be sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. I'm going to take that as a description of patience from many different angles, because right in the center, well, here's a summary. Be patient with everyone. And then he, but he, gives more, he gives different specifics. He gives five different specifics, but in the middle he says, summary, macrothemia with all people. Admonish the out of order. Out of order is the idea there. Be, and the NIV translates that in um, uh, those who are idle and disruptive. And it literally means out of order, like you're walking and you should be marching in step and instead you're going this way and get back here. What's, what are you doing? Get back here. Bring them back into line. Admonish. Literally, admonish means to talk sense, put into their mind. You know the word nuthetic counseling? How many are familiar with the term nuthetic counseling? It's a biblical, it's a Christian term, and what it means is talk sense to people. Put the truth in their minds, believing that that's going to help them to get their lives right. It takes more than just putting it into their minds, but it does take that. There's no doubt. So admonish those who are out of order. One of the biggest flaws that we run into as Christians, church people, nice people, is we love to see somebody's flaws, and instead of talking to them, we talk to somebody else about them. Does anybody do that? And what this is saying is when someone's getting out of line, we need to go to them. Maybe we don't even talk to them. Maybe we just help them. Or maybe we do need to talk to them and say, listen, I, I'm worried about you because I see this. I think we need to talk about this. And there's ways to do it. Don't do it without prayer, without careful counsel, whatever. But we need to be talking to each other and not to each other about each other. I can almost assure you 
looking out five years from now, how effectively we talk to each other instead of about each other is going to determine a lot of how this church is. Because if we talk about each other and people get gossiped about and hurt, guess what? They won't be here, nor should they be. But if we talk to each other and help each other, oh, well, there's times people don't accept it. I understand that. I'm, I'm the, the king of being unaccepted on these matters. Trust me, I, I know. But this is vital. So admonish one another. Admonish those who are walking. And it has to be somewhere where they're really getting out of order, not just my opinion, not just something that's different than me. Like, how dare you be, have a different opinion on songs than me? How dare you think different? No, no it's not that. It's... It's about the truth. If we're veering from God's truth and God's standard, then we go to each other and we help each other get back on track. Okay. Encourage the weary. Uh, it's the same word as urge. Um, encourage. Come alongside of the weary people. Those who are getting tired might be thinking about quitting. I want to. I think sometimes we think th the wrong thought that. I can't encourage um, this person because they'll get a big head. I doubt it. I encourage, the, encourage one another daily, the Bible says. Maybe people that are working and that are laboring and that are giving it their all and that are, or are trying to get started in serving Christ need our encouragement more than ever. It needs to be like someone who's learning to walk and you, they fall, you don't say, what's the matter with you, you goofball? You say, come on, baby, try again. Well, we don't say that to each other, but we, you know, it's like, get up and keep walking. Come on, I'll walk with you. But encouragement is so essential. One of my passions is, um, as, I've made, as I've stated many times, is this whole issue of people who deconstruct their faith, turn away from Christ, and they go and they fall for what they think is, they call progressive Christianity, which is basically not believing anything that Christianity believes, but still wanting to be called a Christian. And the reason, one, of, one of the reasons that people start that journey is they, they get tired and they, they, and they get discouraged or they get some doubts and nobody encourages them. Instead, it's like, how dare you doubt? How dare you struggle? What's the matter with you? And, and they get judged. And, of course, who's going to stay with people that judge you? And I will repeat, nor should we stay in that situation because we will not grow that way. Okay, so encourage. There's another um, statement. He says, help the weak. Help the weak. Oh, this is great. Um, the idea is to come, come into the life of people. Hang on to people is literally help them. I don't know what, who the weak are exactly. It's people that are, are having a hard time survive, hard time serving Christ. They keep falling. They have a hard time getting going. And the word help the weak or uphold the weak paints a picture of, of holding somebody before you. Keep, keep somebody before you. Keep somebody with you. Hang on to them. It's almost like a spiritual buddy system. Like someone needs help, I'll walk with you. I'm going to hold on to you. Do we need that? That's a pretty powerful picture. Hang on to them. Don't backhand them. Unless they deserve it. <laughs> but no, we're walking with them. Hold on to them. The people that are struggling and are falling and are getting consumed by life and need a helping hand. And then 
The next one is be patient. Macrothumia, have a long fuse, a high boiling point with everyone. So, yeah, I'll walk with somebody for a while, but no, 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 no. Be patient, long-suffering with everybody. Rats. I don't like this Bible, do you? (laughs) I have to be patient even as I walk with people and hang on to people that are always falling. Yeah, you need to keep catching them and keep helping them walk. It doesn't mean you don't help them grow, but that's part of helping people grow. I've taught him that over and over, and he doesn't get it. Okay, what should I do? Keep on teaching him. (laughs) How many times does God have to teach us the same thing? Parents, how many times do your kids need to learn the same lesson or not learn the same lesson? I did it. I did gave you three chances. You know, we say three strikes, you're out. Jesus said it's like 470 times, right? 490 times. 490 strikes and you're out. And even then we know that that's not what it means. It just means keep on forgiving. Keep on working with people. Keep on hanging on with people. Then he says, make sure, verse 15, that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. One of the long-suffering Macathumia is don't retaliate. Don't pay back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what's good for each other and for everyone else. We all need people in our lives, and, and we are committed to not retaliating when they do wrong to us. So, because it's very tempting to want to get revenge and return in kind what someone does to us, and what was Jesus teaching about your enemies? Love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Do kind to them. If you've ever wondered if Jesus is nuts, now you know. That's a crazy teaching. I mean, read it for what it is. It's like, wow, that's, that's just out, that's otherworldly. Exactly. We're citizens of heaven, as Tim reminded us. It is otherworldly. I don't know anyone that can do that. Neither do I. But when we become citizens of heaven and God's spirit grows this fruit of macrothumia in us, We can. And be kind to everyone because patience and kindness go together. Love is patient. Love is kind. Patience is the defense that we don't blow up and give up. Kindness is on the offense where now we're going to score points of kindness in their lives. We're going to show love as opposed to just not retaliating. So patience is macrothumia, and this is a great example from 1 Thessalonians of how it works. It does not mean treat everybody the same. Notice you treat people differently according to where they're at, but you be patient with everyone. Does does this help you? It helps me. If I'm just talking to myself, I'm fine with that. I need it. But this this is amazing stuff, amazing stuff. Patience grows, secondly, by keeping the flesh and its desires crucified. Galatians 5.24 tells us those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful natures or the flesh with its passions and desires. Our flesh was crucified with Jesus at the cross, but crucifixion's a slow death, and the flesh is still screaming at us, trying to get us to not practice the fruit of the Spirit, but the works of the flesh. So the flesh is yelling at us, saying, don't be patient. Macrothumia, that guy's full of hot air. The flesh is crucified. The flesh talks to us as it's dying, as it's on its way out. It says, react with retaliation. 
Retaliate against that person. Hate them. You may, all right, don't retaliate because that won't look good. That's not socially acceptable. But it's socially acceptable to get a pretty bitter spirit. People love to sit and talk bitterness with you. You won't have any problem gaining an audience if you start rehearsing your hurts. Am I right? Okay. James 5, 7, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Be patient is the word macrothumia. And it was talking about the rich people who oppressed the hearers of James. And he said, instead of retaliating against the rich, instead of starting a movement to, to fight those who have more than you, be patient, the Lord's going to come and make it all right. But don't retaliate. We need that word in our society. Taking offense is the second thing. Be completely humble and gentle, Ephesians 4. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Again, be patient, macrothumia, have a long fuse with people, and put up with one another in love. You have to put up with me. I have to put up with you. Um, but it's, and, and that could be very lame. Put, just put up with them, okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll just put up with Tim, it's okay. But then he says in love, so okay, I've got to do more than just, you know, tolerate him. It's, I have to reach out in love as well, my brother Tim. <laughs> so that's how we are. Okay, so, but unrealistic expectations are the next one, Ephesians 4, 2. Sometimes what we do is we come into the church and we think that, um, People are going to be perfect. There's people running around that keep changing churches looking for the church where everyone pleases them. Any reaction to that? No one offends me. Nobody bothers me. Nobody disagrees with me. Nobody hurts me. I don't get left out sometimes. I don't feel slighted. I never walk away saying that message was lousy. But you're, what do you say to that? Ain't going to happen. It's not supposed to happen. Because how do we grow in the fruit of patience? Exercising it against people who test our patience. God puts us here to annoy each other, so we'll grow in patience. God says you need to live out Christian character. The fruit of the Spirit is, is not a solo act. It's meant to be lived in community. And it has patience and gentleness, kindness, love. How do you love? How do you exercise love? By being with people that are hard to love. Not by being with people that are easy. That's not exercise. That's a walk in the park. So, but these are expectations we have, you know, and, and people will get upset and say, I didn't think it would be this way in the church. Have you heard that? Why not? You're here. And if you're here, it's going to be that way. And that's what we miss. I want everyone to march to my drum and meet my expectations. I don't, I can't do that myself. You know the song. Have patience, have patience, don't be in such a hurry. How many know that song? If you will 
have patience. Don't have patience. It only leads to worry. It's a caterpillar going along and everyone's waiting for him. <laughs> remember, remember that God is patient too. And think of all the times that others have to wait for you. So keep in mind that the, the person that drives you the craziest might be the vessel of God you need the most. Wives, quit looking at your husband or husbands at your wives. <laughs> Judgmentalism. The, the flesh will scream to us from the cross to judge people, to try to, to, try to understand their motives, demean their motives, make, put them down, declare them sub-Christian. But judgmentalism is lack of patience. Uh, And it's sometimes holding people to our standards. You know, it's not saying don't hold people to biblical standards. It's saying don't judge people because they don't look like you. They don't have to look like me. Who made me God? Nobody. Who made you God? Nobody. You know, I didn't like the worship today. Cool. We weren't worshiping you. (laughs) I'm not going to lose a minute's sleep because you didn't like it. I'm going to lose all my sleep if God didn't like it. (laughs) So this is all patient stuff and forbearance and, oh, yeah. All right. So first of all, it's by, by with, um, the flesh is going to get us to try to break our patience, judge people, jump on people, lose our, lose our faith with them. You know, there's this whole thing, cut people out of your life. Well, sometimes, as I've said several times in the fruit of the spirit, it's necessary to do things that we distance ourselves, but as a whole, what's this about canceling people, cutting people out of our lives, disowning people? Where do we get that from? It's not from the cross. It's not from the Holy Spirit. It is from the flesh on the cross being inspired by the devil. And so the flesh is yelling at us, and we need to ju- No! Shut up! You're crucified. You don't tell me what to do. Start with God's patience, by the way. That's the next thing. Patience is a divine attribute. The Lord is long-suffering, slow to anger, many generations. It says that in various places in the Bible, that God is a patient God. Who's glad? I'm glad. Patience is what the Lord has shown us. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. This is the Apostle Paul, that Christ Jesus, it's on your outline, came into this world to save sinners of whom I am foremost. The Apostle Paul? Didn't he, isn't he like made of gold? He was a rascal. He was smart. He was talented. But he was nasty. You probably wouldn't like him. There's been speculation of what he looked like, and it's never good. Who knows, he may have looked like Denzel Washington for all we know, but, you know, (laughs) we don't know. But everyone paints him as not looking good because you all want to think Paul was this little creepy guy. But I receive mercy, verse 16, for this reason, that in me as the foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience, macrothumia, as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Paul says, he, God looked down and said, who's the worst? Paul's the worst. Get him. He's going to be the example of our perfect macrothumia. Wow. 
And it's the Apostle Paul. Patience is what the Lord's shown, and it's a fruit of the Spirit. And we want to go to walking in the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, so we can, we can see this at work. It says in verse 25, those, um, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It says, the sp- fruit of the Spirit is patience, okay? Patience grows as a fruit of the Spirit, but it's a singular word, fruit of the Spirit. Patience doesn't grow in a vacuum. None of the fruit grows in a vacuum. It all grows within in the bunch, the whole bunch of the fruit. Uh, similar to self-control, I like to think that one of the things about patience is patience grows in conjunction with the other things growing that kind of take the air out of our impatience, out of our desires for retaliation, out of our tendency to take offense when people say things that rub us wrong. When we love people, it takes the air out of our impatience. When we have joy in our lives, we lose that impatience. We're no longer grumpy and wanting to pick at people, right? When we are experiencing peace, we don't want that peace to be destroyed. We're at peace with others, and they're not rubbing us as badly the wrong way. We know how to, how to cast those burdens on the Lord. So that it's like a beach ball we're holding underwater with, with macrothumia. And because of love, joy, and peace, and gentleness and what's following faithfulness i want to be faithful to god that's my highest priority and so the air is being let out of this beach ball and i can hold it under better than if i did not have this other fruit of the spirit then the ball would go whoosh right when you let go but the other fruit of the spirit comes along and lets the air out so patience i can be patient i can be long-suffering so it's a package deal And I know that's important because the people we love the most sometimes we're the least patient with. And the biblical version of character is the opposite. I know we have the highest stakes. We have the most experience. They know how to push our buttons. I get all that. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, But true love, you know, grows patience instead of causes us to blow it. March in step. Keep in step with the spirit. God is patient with us. God gives us the spirit, which puts patience into our hearts. He puts the fruit of the spirit into our hearts. He deflates that beach ball through love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control so that when our patience is being tested by that child, thought it was a child. Now I'm wondering, is this a monster? (laughs) You ever been there? <laughs> Don't look at them. <laughs> Everybody just look up in the air, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this spouse. Don't look at them. Although it's hard to hide that. This teacher, this student, this boss, this employee, this person sitting in the road ahead of you. Is there anybody here you've seen sitting ahead of you who've gone on? Have patience, have patience. (laughs) God has looked down and he said, I need people who will be an example of my patience and forbearance. And then he took us and raised us up and said, I'm I'm grabbing these people. I don't want them to shine and the people to say, those are the best people I've ever met. Well, I appreciate it, but we're, we're here to show you what Jesus has done in us not who we are. We're not the best people. We might be some of the worst people you ever met if it weren't for the Lord. 
We're here to show the patience and grace and mercy and power of Jesus Christ and how he's worked in us to make us who we are. Right? So here's the challenge. Is there a challenge here? Oh, my. Everybody pray for patience for Eric this week. <laughs> um, but seriously, you know, here's the thing. The, um, think about the people that you struggle with, having patience with. That's, that's the battlefield here. And don't think that having somebody who challenges your patience, it must, be, it must not be of God. It might be right of God. It's, a wor- it's your spiritual workout. I'm not saying I know what God's doing in every circumstance, but chances are, you know, I have a hard time with some people in the church. Awesome! (laughs) Think of who you're going to be in six months from now if you grow the patience of the Spirit and the love and the joy. Seriously. Instead, we think, I'm going to go somewhere else because these people bother me. Well, then it's funny how in six months the other people will be bothering you and we run again. And guess what? We stay stuck instead of fruitful. Instead of growing fruit, we're just sticks in the mud. We don't want to be there, do we? No. (laughs) Pick that place where you're struggling with patience and take it not as... I mean, it might be a miserable situation at times. It might be very hard. I get that. I've got patience triers in my life. Drive me bonkers. I get it. (laughs) But I know when I sit down and say, God, what am I going to do? He says, you need them. Because now you know how I feel when I deal with you. (laughs) Remember that. And go back to this, these passages on patience and forbearance and non-retaliation and all these things and say, okay, the, the situation that I'm trying to get away from because it's driving me crazy is actually what I need. And if I understand it differently, it will take some of the air out of that beach ball. And if I start growing in the fruit of the Spirit, it will take more of the air out of that beach ball. And as I start to pray that I will love them, and experience the joy of God and the peace of God and the faithfulness of God. Psst, okay. Not euthymia. I no longer blow up at them. I no longer hate them. I may not like them, <laughs> per se, <laughs> but <laughs> hate's a heavy burden to bear. Let's pray. Father, this is powerful stuff and every week I'm impressed with the fruit of the spirit that it's something you grow in us it shows that you give us a choice on how we live and how we relate and some of some of us have unbelievable difficulty in our lives and unbelievable challenges we have people who are just pushing us to the limit I understand that, but what's the most importantly, Father, is you do understand that too. You know who we are. You know that we are dust. You know where we're being challenged and where we're hurting and where we are weak and need help. Holy Spirit, we open ourselves to you. 
to help us, to be the helper, to be the counselor, to be the comforter, to be the one who in us bears the fruit of patience, who bears that in the context of all those other fruits and qualities that make it possible. Father, take the air out of my beach ball so I can hold it. Raise the boiling point of our tempers and our, and our despair and our hatred so that we, we will bear greater patience. We need to work from you, Lord. We need your patience to remind us of your patience toward us, but also to work your patience in us through the Spirit. That's what we pray. We pray for movements in our hearts and among us that, that can only be explained as we get back together next week that you, Lord, have worked in our hearts and given us patience where we didn't think it was possible. We need you, Lord. We need your help. We need the power of your spirit. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, grow us. Give us the courage to take the right steps when you do. Give us the courage not to run from what grows us, but rather to run toward it. Independence on you, with support from one another, in obedience to your word. We run to that which makes us more like Jesus. Amen.